It is the 15th of February, as we bring you another edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my pals and co-hosts, Paul. Hello. And Joe. Hello. I'm Barry, of course, rounding off the trio here. Um, We're back, lads. We had a little Sunday off for the old Saint Valentine's Day. Eh? Romantic romance in the air and all that um, love in abundance and, and and what have you uh, what did you lads get up to for the weekend uh, what did we do well I had a very exciting weekend it started at noon on Friday when I got a text from my doctor's uh, GP practice saying uh, we are inviting you to book your COVID-19 vaccine appointment Oh. And I said, Ooh, yes, please. I'll have be. I'll be having one of them. I'll be yes, having one of them. Uh, I had a look at the appointments. They had one for five o'clock Friday. Boom, boom. Booked it. Got round there. Uh, stuck the old needle in there. Give me the old first jab. Um, it was the um, the Oxford AstraZeneca. I said, don't look. I don't want none of that foreign muck. No, no, mate. Give us, give us the full British vaccine. Right, give yeah. us the old Sir, Sir Tom in the arm. Listen, yeah, listen. So, um, yeah, at that, danced off. Um, feel better already. I kind of think COVID done, basically. I feel, yeah, invincible. Um, <laughs> he did say, the old doctor, when he gave it to me, did say, uh, you know, you may experience flu-like symptoms for up to 24 hours you know after the jab but that's perfectly normal i said whatever man don't worry about it not a problem uh woke up at 5 a.m on saturday shivering with cold oh no every joint (laughs) every joint in my body aching (laughs) could barely get out of bed i was in such pain um yeah it felt absolutely dreadful um gradually got a bit better as the day went on and then by Sunday I was pretty much back to normal so it was just 24 hours but yeah oh baby flu is bad so I don't want to get that but um yeah that was a that was a great start to the weekend um and then for Valentine's Day Michelle and I ordered a uh, like home kit from a very nice burger restaurant that we haven't been to but that we wanted we've been wanting to go to for a long time um, obviously, we couldn't, couldn't, haven't been able to go the, this year, last year. So we got one of their kind of do it, do it yourself home kits with, ooh, lovely burger, garlic mayo, uh, onion jam, mm. bacon, American cheese, and beef dripping fries as well, which is popping the oven. Ooh. So it was, we, we did that. We did that. Not as good as obviously someone else making it for you. You don't have to do any washing up or anything, but it was, it was very tasty. I have to say, did turn your features look good? They, they they did look good. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Um, yeah, so that was pretty much the uh, the old weekend. We did also oh, what? Sorry, one other very exciting thing. We we um we bought a zoo. No, we bought a printer. Um, we've been trying to buy a printer for a couple of weeks now because we we need to post off some documents, very important documents. Uh, but it turns out every printer in the country had been sold. <laughs> there's, there's been oh, a huge no. rush. A huge rush on printers. Um, people working from home or homeschooling had, had bought them all up. Um, you know how if you go on sort of you know the Argos website or whatever, it it will say, oh, you know, fifty people have viewed this 
product in the last 24 hours, blah, 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 blah. Right. right. If, you, if you went on one of the printers, it was literally like 35,000 people have viewed this printer in the last 24 hours. Jesus, does it play PS, PS5 games? <laughs> no, um, but somehow we just we managed to get one on off of Curry's. I was just browsing randomly and they had one in stock. So we ordered it, got it, next day delivery. And we've now, for the first time in about five years since I threw my old printer away, uh, we now own a printer again. So that's very, very exciting news. So that's, that was the end of a, a very exciting week. Well, congrats on the vaccine. Yeah, well done. I um, the printer. But... Well, hmm. I, I don't get on with printers. They never work. Oh, what is this? Observational comedy. What's up with printers? <laughs> and speaking of side effects, side effects, half of the time it says side effects may include diarrhea and constipation. They even themselves out, surely, right? <laughs> oh, dear. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. No. Um, no, to be honest, I would prefer to have the vaccine now than a printer, so... <laughs> If anyone on uh, Dundeal or whatever is offering <laughs> a trade, I'll give you my printer for a bit of that vaccine. Uh, I don't know. I don't really don't care so much about having it. I oh, The thing I want is for everyone to have it. Yes. Oh, you're very noble, Bert. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't fear death, as we know. <laughs> um, you don't fear giving it to others with one swift to swing your arm. I uh, I do uh, when Joe was saying that the doctor was like, uh, you know, the side effects, you know, that you you might be under a little bit of mind control for a, a day, and you 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 may become a homosexual. Um, <laughs> but you know, twenty four hours, so swings, swings and roundabouts, <laughs> but you can go back to Asda. You know, Natty, your your boyfriend has been watching RuPaul's Drag Race ever since he got the vaccine. Oh, that's fine. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, not too much for me this week. The the no goodie February is still going. Yes, still haven't cracked. Finally, seeing a bit of numerical progress on the old weighing scales. Um, so just to put it into an overall, um, package and also to make me seem like better than I really am. I, I first started half kind of considering thinking about dieting somewhat, um, January of last year. That's when I cut out like, um, like the full, um, sugar fizzy drinks and moved to like Pepsi Max exclusively and really as a treat only having like popcorn and um uh like loop the loop ice creams i really didn't have much like chocolate or sweets or you know obviously as the year progressed that a little bit you know you could fluctuate on it here and there a little chocolate orange of a of an evening sometimes you know um but last january i i weighed 212 pounds at the start of the year um, not sure what that is in stone or whatever, but you know we all follow the wrestling. We know what two hundred twelve <laughs> yeah. pounds is. Um, so I weighed in this morning, or actually yesterday. I weighed less yesterday than I did this morning, but it's like the lightest I've been since. Uh, well, obviously since before January, but in the last year and a half, 
and, and back further when I wasn't necessarily weighing myself. It's the lightest I've been. I weighed in this morning 191.6 pounds. Ooh, 191.6. Which is, uh, <laughs> Paul's losing weight. <laughs> so that's a 21 pound uh, loss over the course of a year. Now, in these two weeks, that's a, a five pound loss down from, well, four and a half, 196 down to 191 point. 4.6 so it's starting to work um i'm thinking about depending on how how it does go ultimately by the end of february um maybe extending it out into march um mm. but allowing myself march 1st to like have a mcdonald's or something just, you know just yeah gorge to gorge. yeah to undo the february work and then do it <laughs> do it again in march oh, yeah. um but no it's going well i i definitely feel and look a bit better, even though you know five pounds. Five pounds is a lot, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I'm hoping if I can get out to the 185 middleweight, you know, middleweight uh, championship uh, weight, I'd be very happy with that, and then see where it takes me after that. But um, that was all. We had a very nice Valentine's Day yesterday. Um, watched a movie chosen by Natty. Which was uh, very good, which we'll talk about later. Wasn't the Godzilla movie? I would have chosen one of them. Um, and uh, yeah, it was was a nice day. Cool. Well, it's good. Good. It's going well. Halfway through Feb. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Got yeah. A lot of temptations. It's funny because my mom, right, in solidarity with me, was like, "I'm going to have a dry February." Ah. Which is very nice. That is um, nice. She didn't. She got. She made it to the thirteenth, which is good going. But then it was like an anniversary of a shop. She opened the charity shop. Oh. She's like, "Oh, I gotta have some wine for that." And then it was the fourteenth of Valentine's Day. She said, "I gotta have a wine for that." So it's like it was like me, you know, back at my worst when I'd be like, "But but there's there's dynamites on. I need to get a terrace chocolate <laughs> orange and a coke and stuff." When you said anniversary of a shop, I thought you meant like the Tesco. <laughs> No, 20 years. Oh, it's 20 years since Tesco opened. Quick. It's the old wine. Quick. We have to toast to Tesco. <laughs> She'll be out the front door clapping for Tesco workers next. <laughs> you get up to anything, Barry, yourself? Uh, it was a quiet week. Um, you know, it is. Uh, we didn't do much for, for all Valentine's. Uh, Bron is off next weekend, so uh, so similar to Joe, we might be getting the old uh, delivery of a, a, an almost ready-made meal. You know, we'll do that next weekend. This weekend, it was a, a big, gigantic Chinese and a, a, a movie, which was nice, you know. Uh, not, but uh, not too much going on. We could do a bit of reading this week. Um, uh, you know, some Im- impromptu book guff here. I finished... Um, uh, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, uh, which okay. is Jason Schreier's book from about two years ago, three years ago. Uh, his next book mm-hmm. is actually out in a couple of weeks. Uh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so he, the next one is about, I think, just the kind of boom and bust and reboom of the game industry. So I'd be, I'd be really interested in that. Um, I've not, I have not read much of a deep dive about the the, the game bust. Uh, you know, the 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 the, in, the general ins and outs of the. Of the 1980s crash, but uh, yeah, so uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels really good. Um, uh, basically, about the development of various games, and uh, it, it ends on quite a somber note. The last chapter is about Star Wars thirteen thirteen, um, which is the uh, the now cancelled sort of doomed 
uh, like uncharted style game in the Star Wars universe that basically had a, a tortured development. And then when Disney bought LucasArts, it, it was killed off. Um, but yeah, really good, really interesting. I think it's um, it, 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 it does a good job of um, striking the balance really well between being interesting enough to people who play and read about games a lot, while I also think it would still be very digestible to like a general audience, which is good. So I've uh, been reading a bit of that, uh, or I finished reading that even. Uh, and also I just started today, I got a, a lovely gift for Valentine's of uh, the original book of Lovecraft Country, which was the uh, HBO show last year that was well uh, acclaimed and, and well spoken of and I, I watched it and talked about it on here so it was very good so I started that today and that's really good as well uh, it's nice and short I think I'll, I'll probably riff through that um, so yeah just been you know, chilling reading playing lots of games watching lots of movies uh, lots of stuff to chit chat about in the in the upcoming guffs so uh, so yeah we can we can uh, soldier on uh, we'll start off actually with the uh, with the telly guff Who's, uh, who's been watching some telly this week? Any telly? Oh, I've been watching a bit of telly. Just um, picked up the old the old Simpsons. So we... Uh, oh, just... the Simpsons! I haven't heard I of this. Okay, seen, go on. I don't know if you've seen... It's a car animated series. It's like an animated sitcom. Okay. Uh, started in the 90s. Been running ever since. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. It's had about 800 episodes. Oh, it actually started in the 80s, Joe. Not the 90s. Oh. Excuse me. <laughs> he plays the bone twice and produces two different notes. Uh, explain that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't count the pilot. So, uh, it's fine. Oh, you get right. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we are just finished uh, season three, which is a brilliant season because that's when it really kicks into like the uh, proper Simpsons. You know, like we watched right. Colonel yeah. Colonel Homer. Which is like a really kind of strong episode. Homer becomes a country music manager. Laureline Lumpkin. Um, then there's like Black Widower with Sideshow Bob's first return. Kind of one I forgot actually, because Bob's come back so many times, but the one where he comes back and marries uh, Selma uh, is one I kind of forgot about. Right. Uh, and then the final episode of that series is Bro- Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes with uh, Unky Herb uh, coming back and inventing the baby translator, which is uh, really good. So yeah, when we're obviously now moving into the fabulous season four, where we really start getting into the, the classics. Ah um, uh, yes. Yeah, itchy, itchy and scratchy. Uh, the movie, uh, Mr. Plow, all that kind of. Oh, can't wait, Marge versus the monorail. <laughs> Here we go. I haven't seen it in a long time, so looking forward to that. Also started watching uh, Adam Curtis's new uh, documentary series, um, which is all about thoughts and feelings and that and it's very hard to understand and follow but i do enjoy his documentaries always very uh entertainingly put together if a bit mad so uh, right. yeah that's what we've been uh, checking out this week um i this week have been watching another television show you may be familiar with chatting about on this podcast called the breaking bad um we are now into season four um, this rewatch, maybe it's just because we have so much binge time because there's nothing else to do. I've really realized how how um, not long that show is when you really think about it, especially when I get to, because I know season five is short as well. Um, 
So uh, yeah, but I'm loving it. Really, really loving it. Um, I don't have too much to add on that. Um, I did start, and I'm now all caught up on Wanda Vision on the old uh, Disney gimmick. That's all right, you know. Um, for a show about two characters, if I could not fathom giving a shite about before I started watching. Um, I still don't really, but the show is alright. Um, it's weird because I uh, they're still doing that thing on Disney where it's uh, weekly episodes being rolled out rather than one big drop. Right. And I, I feel like that's fine for The Mandalorian. It's good, I would even say. Uh, but there's some shows where I think they should just drop all at once. Like Amazon. I think Amazon should just release The Boys at once. I did not like the Boys Season 2 being episodic. And this one as well, WandaVision, I, I think this probably should have just dropped all at once because I think, uh, without getting too spoilery, uh, I'm sure most people are aware at this stage, like the first couple of episodes, the the show is like really heavily homaging slash parodying um, sitcoms of, of yore, you know, from, from the 50s and 60s specifically. And then there is a a broader reason that is happening that is then explained. And there's a, a bit more of a conventional Marvel adventure under that hood. But they commit so heavily to the bit that, like, the first three episodes are just, like, these, these uh, time capsule sitcoms. And I admire the commitment to the bit, but those episodes aren't especially entertaining. Like, it is just basically half hour of nodding and winking hey remember in the 50s when they would do uh my boss is coming to dinner episodes do you know what i mean like they and they they just do that and it's not especially funny but it's kind of on purpose that it's not funny and i just kind of think they should have just dropped this series all at once so that people could burn through that and get to the point uh rather than like i, I can imagine someone watching the first two weeks and going what is this like they drop little breadcrumbs from the very first episode, so you know that that's not what the show is entirely going to be. But yeah, I I just I don't know. I I, I think I think it was an odd choice to do it that way. But the show is the show is fine. I, I think it's a uh, an, an amusing little distraction and a, a, and an amusing um, experimentation um, uh, with the uh, with the genre. It's it's solid. Um, what, what, if you're if you're someone who looked at all those announcements of the of the MCU television shows and thought that looks like an un- an interesting load of shit, I don't I don't think this would I don't think this would change your mind. Um, I, I started watching it because it was the talk of the town, and now I, my my main thought is people need to get back to going outside because um, it's not that interesting. <laughs> I have to disagree with you, Barry. I also have watched uh, One Division. In fact, we watched all six episodes back to back today. Yeah, uh, I quite enjoyed it. Mm. And I, I'm someone who thought myself as being very burnt out on the Marvel stuff. And I don't know. I just find it. I, I agree with certain points you made. I, I certainly agree with like. By the end of the second episode, I was starting to think, okay, how long can they stretch out this sitcom thing for? Because it was starting to, um, the wheels were starting to creak a little bit. But um, no, I, I, I really like how it's uh, how it's turned out. Certain little twists and stuff I didn't see coming, which were real nice. Uh, I will say the the uh, the world outside the sitcom that you alluded to is is ultimately not that interesting. It, it, it falls into that 
that old, uh, um, you know, the military Agents of Shield shite that I never really cared for. Yeah, that's that's the I never watched Agents of Shield, but all that stuff I kind of look at and go, this strikes me as a thing that would be on fucking I don't know. Hulu exclusive fucking Marvel property <laughs> shit. Well, the just... problem with it is, it, you know, superheroes without superheroes. Who wants, yeah. to, who wants to watch that? Um, <laughs> you know, the people but... in the background of superhero movies. Let's find out what's going on with them. <laughs> um, I really like the casting in as well. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen's great in it. Paul Bettany is very wacky in it. Um, they have the mother from the 70s show in it. Yes. Great. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the actor who plays the boss who's in loads of stuff? What's his name? Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know the name. I need to look it up. Um, Catherine Hahn is in it. She's great as well. Randall Park. A lot of really good people in it. Um, and uh, notable for being uh, shot on the same uh, lot, same set, you might say, as Gilmore Girls. Oh wow! So you'll watch them walking around to go, "But God, Natty was the one who actually picked it out." And then like, we looked it up, and it was true. But God, they're in Stars Hollow. What the hell? Yeah. I think we were watching. Oh, we watched the Muppets as well. That's I think that was also filmed in Stars Hollow. The new. Yeah, it's the Warner Brother backlight. Yeah. Um. No, I I found it pretty compelling. I'll say you know episode five drops a bit of a bomb, and then episode six doesn't exactly follow it up super well but um i don't know overall i i watched it as you know <laughs> well i clearly got as far as episode six without having watched it uh, and really had no plans to and actually i saw on the rundown today someone had put one division and i said well fuck it you know episodes are short i heard let's just, let's just stick it on mm. stick it on and watch it and i actually found it quite i think the the i found it quite breezy i think the episode length both kind of works against and for it. Like you said, Barry, I'm not sure that a show this short in terms of the episode lengths needs to be weekly per se. Cause like for, for the next three weeks, you know, you're waiting a week and you get, I don't know, like a 25 minute episode. Cause they have like six minutes of credits on each one, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a few shows that have been doing that for, for many years. Oh my like God. The Simpsons, for example. They've dropped one every week for the last 30 years. No, I, I understand that. I understand that. But, like, Should have done them all at when once. You, if you go on to Disney, I, I, I'm generally in favor of weekly over yeah. binges because I'm not a great binger anyway. Um, But, like, when you go log on to Disney Plus, you see the episode lengths, right? And it's like 42 minutes, 35 minutes. You're like, great. But then each episode is six minutes at the end of it is credits. Oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how they have credits so long. So really, the episodes are like twenty minutes uh, to like thirty at the longest. Um, so it just feels like I don't know. I guess a show that's supposed to be like a conversation piece versus—I mean, not a conversation piece—it obviously has more of a a reason for existing than that. But you know, a, a show that is part of the discourse or a mm. show that's part of the conversation versus a thing like Simpsons, which is um, is not serial uh, serialized per se. I think needs to have a bit more content to it. I would say as well, I don't know if you agree with me on this, Barry. Um, I think they jump to the explanation of what's happening a bit too soon in the series. Because, mm. um, you know, you, you, you'd be used to however long a series is, whether it's nine episodes, 13 episodes, 20 episodes, 
that when you set the premise, you 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 sit on that for like five episodes or so, and then you can change. But if I like episode episode two, you're getting hints of what was happening. I'm like, okay, this is the pacing is a little too fast from here. We're already going into the, 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 what's happening. Um, but like I said, overall, I I have enjoyed it. And looking forward to the remaining three episodes. I don't think I'm any more or less interested in the hundreds of other series that are on the way. And I agree with you also that Vision and Wanda are not two characters that I, going in, could have said I cared much for. But uh, no, I think it's been a bit of a surprise uh, success for me. Hmm. Sure, there you go. Uh, any other teddy for the week? Nope. Yeah, ready. Uh, we can get in to MovieGov. Who's watched some movies this week? All of us, I'd imagine. Okay, who wants to go first? <laughs> All right, I'll get mine out of the way because I'm not going to talk too too long about them, right? Uh, how many Godzilla films did I watch this week? Hang on. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five Godzilla movies. Um... Let me crack open the old letterbox so I can remember which one is which. Because to be honest, they all start to blur into one yeah. um, at, at a certain stage. I'm like 10 in now. <laughs> um, so let's run through them quickly. I'll give each one not even like 30 seconds. Um, right. So the first one was Invasion of Astro Monster, which I talked about last week. As some of these are very cool names, admittedly. Um, Invasion of Astro Monster, I gave a six. Um, and this is like the sequel to the Ghidorah, the three headed monster, because it's another King Ghidorah movie. Uh, it feels very early Star Trek in its like feel and set design. Um, but it just happens to have like Godzilla involved. Uh, but does have a really clever twist about an hour in, which I won't spoil for anyone who wants to uh watch it. It involves uh, uh, an alien invasion. Um, but that that movie was actually pretty good. Yeah, six out of ten. Not a, an amazing score, but for the, that kind of movie, it was good. Uh, next movie was Ibira, Horror of the Deep, which is maybe one of the best uh, Godzilla movie titles. Um, but was uh, not the best film. Give it a four out of ten. It was a bit boring for the first hour because um, there's very little appearances by Godzilla or, um, or Ibira, who is a giant lobster, uh, which is, I thought, a pretty cool design uh the film was a bit bland it wasn't wacky enough like the invasion of astro monster nor serious enough just kind of somewhere in the middle uh i watched son of godzilla which is a more... in that one <laughs> <laughs> it's a more kiddie friendly godzilla where godzilla has a son called minila <laughs> um, what? yeah who's a little goofy dickhead goober and godzilla <laughs> it's almost like um you know, uh, Big Daddy or something, where Godzilla gets lumped with this little idiot child. He has to teach how to do flame breath and stuff. Um, and there's a bit in the movie where the baby Godzilla got hit in the face with a boulder, and I laughed. Oh my god! I've just seen a, I've just yeah. seen a picture of Manila. He's horrendous looking. Oh my um, god! He looks like one of the dinosaurs from the TV yes, show. He looks like yeah, he looks like the baby dinosaur from dinosaurs. <laughs> Not the mama. Ah, oh, he's ten times as annoying. Um, give that one a 5 out of 10. Uh, Destroy All Monsters, which you might remember from that uh, PS2, Xbox oh, game. Destroy All Monsters Melee. 
Uh, this was the worst movie I watched um, this week. Give it a three out of ten. Uh, starts quite promising. Another alien invasion plot. Monsters attacking world landmarks. Like the aliens have taken over the monsters' brains and are mind controlling them. And you get a clip of a little miniature Arc de Triomphe and a really stereotypical French accent going, Oh no, they have destroyed the Arc de Triomphe! <laughs> And that, that was really funny. This is all like in the first 10 minutes. So you're like, oh, this is cool. And more, like less famous kaiju showing up and destroying these landmarks. Uh, and then the f- nothing happens for the next hour of the film. Uh, and then Ghidorah shows up for like a five minute fight. Um, bit shite. Didn't really enjoy it. And then uh, last one I watched, All Monsters Attack. Six out of ten. This is one that a lot of people hate. But uh, I actually quite enjoyed. It's about a little kid who gets bullied. And so he goes off to like a dream. Well, he doesn't go off. He has a dream that he's hanging out with baby Godzilla. And um, baby Godzilla is also being bullied by a monster, uh, which it sounds awful. But actually, the kid was like genuinely likable. His little dream voyage was also genuinely enjoyable. Uh, and actually, it was the best looking Godzilla movie up to this point. Set design and production values were good. Uh, one thing about it, though. Uh, Minilla, who we discussed just a second ago, right? Sometimes in the movie, he is half the size of God- Godzilla, right? Godzilla, who is bigger than buildings, right? But then when it suits, he's also the same size as the young child. And uh, fair enough, it's a dream, but I was like, wait a minute. He's standing next to the kid, he's the same size as the kid, because obviously uh, Manila is played by a dwarf in a suit, all right? And then he walks over, there's this half size of Godzilla. Oh, that's mad. Um, so I can't wait to get out of these like 60s and 70s Godzillas because do you know those like early Roger Moore, late Sean Connery Bond films where the set design uh, and production values are just so shit and it's just like a laboratory is just like a cardboard square with lights flashing on and bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> all the films look like that. They all look horrible. Like they're terrible. Um, so I'm ready to get into now like the 80s movies where the looks of the film gets a bit better mm. um, so I watched all of them I watched two uh, shorts by our favourite director Denis Villeneuve oh hell yeah uh, I watched one called Rated R for Nudity um, which has no nudity in it unfortunately oh, awful it's just it's just has words flashing uh, I would I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it to be honest no, it's no, too no, no. It's too artsy and too abstract, you know. Like, it's, it's like an art exhibition, rather. Than Before that. someone went up to him and said, "Dennis, pal, here, what you need to do, right? You've got lots of talent, and we love the artsy, artsy stuff, but what you you need, you need about twenty percent more guns in your movie, first of all, um, <laughs> you know, to really really make it interesting, and a hundred percent more nudity. Yeah, and I need to stop with the false advertising as well. Yeah, and then I watched one called Next Floor, which you can find on YouTube. Uh, and that one was great. It's a, a very comedic thing, which you wouldn't normally associate with Villeneuve, but uh, kind of like a darkly common comedic uh, short. I would def I would definitely see- seek that one out if you're if you're interested in watching it. Um, just go on YouTube, Denis Villeneuve, Next Floor, and uh, it's about ten minutes long. It's great. Big thumbs up on that one. And then finally, Natty chose, as I said, for. Valentine's Day, a movie to watch, and we watched The Handmaiden. Okay. Uh, a Korean movie 
by Park Chan-wook, same director of uh, Old Boy and Stoker, two movies that I also really enjoyed. Mm. Um, I don't want to give away too much about it because I was really surprised by the directions it went in. Um, all I will say is Shades of Parasite, not because it's Korean, but actually the plot has certain similarities to the, the plot of Parasite. Okay. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't spoil anything to say that. By the way, if you've seen Parasite, the setup of the movie, the first like five minutes, is very similar to the setup. The first ten minutes of Parasite, um, Shades of the Favorite. If anyone saw the that Oscar, yeah, I've movie seen the from few years ago. Very good movie. Sha- very good. Shades of that. Um, really, really good. Um, I went the full ten on it. First oh. ten I've given in a very long time. Um. In a sense, I think I I almost liked it more than Parasite, which is crazy for how over the top with praise we were for Parasite. Um, I think it's almost I don't know if it's if it's fair to say better. In, I I really like the performances in Parasite, but I think The Handmaiden might be like a smarter movie. Um, one thing I will say about it though is probably the most over sexualized movie I've ever seen. You know when people talk about like ultra violence, right? Um, this is the equivalent for when you look on, on the back of the box and it has like sexual content. This is the ultra sexual content. Um, not, not necessarily in a pornographic way. Kind of, yes, but it's not necessarily visually sexual, but there, there are certain themes, certain things that happen that you really you go, oh my God, wow. Um, but uh, yeah, if you liked Parasite, if you liked not only, you know, the, the shock value of Parasite in terms of the plot twist and so on, but also the fact that it was itself a bit twisted and a bit fucked up. Yeah. Um, I think you would really enjoy The Handmaiden. Uh, okay. I thought it was absolutely outstanding. Um, and that's all I watched this week. But if you can, if you're interested in it, go in as blind as you can. Okay. That's the way I like to watch movies. No trailers or none of that. Um... I watched a couple of movies this week, some familiar ones, namely Mean Girls. Rewatched Mean Girls for the old Valentine's Day. Still a classic. Um, still great, still funny. Great performances and all that. Still enjoy that. Uh, watched a movie I had not seen before, also with Elizabeth Olsen, we talked about earlier. Watched Kodachrome, uh, which is a Netflix movie. Um, it's basically... Uh, Ed Harris is this guy who's dying of cancer. He's a famous photographer, and so he, his nurse, and his estranged son go on like a cross-country road trip to get his uh, old rolls of Kodachrome, uh, of Kodachrome uh, uh, camera film developed in the last, uh, the last lab in the country, basically that is developing those rolls before that technology is completely obsoleted uh, across the globe. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, 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 a kind of uh, bittersweet family uh, comedy drama about this kind of estranged father-son relationship. And um, it's good. It's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's poignant. It's, it's got great performances. Ed Harris is great in everything. Um, and this is, this is a, a very good role of his. Um, Jason Sudeikis is his son. You know, Jason Sudeikis isn't like amazing, but, you know, he never really is. Uh, but it's solid. It's a it's a solid one of those films um, on Netflix. So you know, a, a solid thumbs up there if that's your if that's your bag. Uh, the other movie I watched was The Watchmen, the Zack Snyder two thousand nine 
um, uh, adaption of the book of the same name, which I just read for the first time, like uh, late last year. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, uh, not very good. Um, it, a boy is that long. I nearly fell out of my chair when I read that there was a there's an, a, an extended version with an extra half hour of footage. I was like, oh my god, what kind of fucking criminal would you have to be to to get sentenced to watch that? And I'm not even saying that in a in a like it's the worst film I've ever seen kind of way, but it's so long as it is. Um, I will say I didn't like despise it. I don't think it's a horrendous film. Uh, I don't think it's Zack Snyder's worst film. And in, in some ways, I think it might even be one of his best. Um, but I think it's a kind of a remarkable film because it's like the most one-to-one adaption I think I've ever seen of anything. Yeah, uh, uh, having just read Watchmen, I was kind of like, I, I recognized some scenes early on. I was like, oh, okay. He's got- I've seen this before. Yeah, I was like, okay, he's, he's got some scenes in here that are like bang on. Like he's he's really going for, here you go, fans. Here's this lovely kind of little homage to what you remember. And then that's the whole fucking movie. It is like, and, and again, it, it, that's kind of like sort of admirable in a roundabout way, but also... More more than it's admirable, it is stupid because um, because it's it's a story that was composed and written and designed and storyboarded the way it was because it wanted to be a comic specific story. That's what Alan Moore wanted, and that's why he's never touched any adaptation or been involved in any capacity uh, with any of this stuff. And it's just, and so as a movie, it's just really hard to watch because it's very drawn out and oddly paced and they cut a bunch of stuff to make it not four hours long. And so it's in this weird middle ground where I simultaneously feel it is too long, but also so much is underdeveloped as well. Um, It's just, uh, there's a lot of Zack Snyder films you could review and say, man, he made a dog sinner of this. Whereas this, I just think, I just don't think there's a good movie to be made out of a Watchmen comic. I just don't think it's doable. Um, But uh, yeah, so, uh, and the cast isn't, isn't that good. Um, is the, is the, is the other issue to to put it lightly? Um, yeah. So now, I, I I read your review and there's a a point that you made that I completely agree with, which is that like not only is the cast with you know one or two exceptions not good, but it was it seemed like they cast them just based on how much they looked like the people from the comics. Yeah. Um. um yeah. That might have been again an effort on Zack Snyder's part for it to look like the comics. But I was like, these people look at no chemistry. This poor, um, Malin Ackerman, she's fucking dreadful in it. Um, and also Barry, the times they are a changing, get it. Yeah. And the funny thing is that's like one of the better parts of the movie. And it's still, <laughs> it's still really kind of eye and rote, you know, you go, but it's like that montage isn't bad. It's just kind of like, Oh, he picks that song and then all along the watchtower. And of course, hallelujah. I, everyone was making fun of that justice league trailer for having hallelujah. And I thought, yeah, that's a stupid music choice. Then I watched this and I was like, Oh my God, what is wrong with this guy? What is he, what is his deal with that song? <laughs> um, yeah, a very weird movie that, in ways that do not make it an enjoyable movie, is kind of cool. It's weird in a cool way, but it's just not something I will ever watch again. Um, yeah, uh, very, very, very 
uh, unique. Um, but yeah, I'm going to jump into the HBO series next. Um, hey, it's great. Uh, which, which, uh, yeah, again, you know, is 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 um, uh, seems like a better idea to just do something in the world rather than adapt the specific story. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, watch that, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's my movies for the week. Hmm. I watched a couple of movies. Um, very, very different movies, actually. The first one was uh, News of the World, uh, which is a new Tom Hanks movie, which has been released on Netflix. Um, so it is set in the Old West just after the end of the Civil War. And old Hanksy boy plays a kind of journalist who uh, goes from town to town, kind of reading the news. So he's kind of a newsreader, but right. But with television not having been invented, he kind of has to go town to town. Um, so he kind of puts on almost like a show, like a kind of spoken word thing where he goes to each town, reads the news to people and tells them what's going on with interesting stories in the world. Um, and while he's on this journey, he comes across a orphan child who is of kind of German American origin, but has been raised by Native Americans. And with no one kind of willing to help her or, or sort of take her, he agrees to travel uh, across Texas to take her back to her kind of living relatives. And so it follows basically the two of them trying to travel across the Old West uh, to get the girl to safety. And um, it's quite a simple movie, but um, very, very, very well done. It's Paul Greengrass, who um, did lots of shaky cam, frenetic, born movies back in the day. Um, but thankfully avoid that for this one but um, yeah really good and it's, it's the first movie I've seen in quite a while from Hanks that he's doing some, like, some proper acting it's like old school Hanks acting you know whereas I feel a lot of a lot of his recent movies a bit more kind of gimmicky or, or he's just sort of being Tom Hanks um, but in this one he really plays that classic so quite quietly spoken sort of um, humble earnest Tom Hanks character uh, and it's it's very very enjoyable. Um, I thought the, the the young girl did a, a very good job as well. And um, it, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of, a lot of themes, a lot of themes about you know country divided and coming after a civil war and the importance of news and facts and stories and all this kind of stuff. So definitely thumbs up for uh, News of the World there on on your Netflix. And as a contrast, we also watched Old School. The um, Luke Wilson, uh, Will Ferrell, ah. rat comedy from 2003, um, which why was a really, really loved that movie back back in the day. I thought it was very, very funny. Haven't seen it in a long time. Um, it holds up fairly well. It is aged quite a bit. There's some kind of questionable uh, stuff in there, particularly the fact that you've got a bunch of kind of mid 30s to 40s year old men setting up. Uh, like a fraternity on campus so they can sleep with college grads, you know. Um, but it's still very, very funny. It's one of, I think, my favourite Will Ferrell performances because he's not the lead in it. He, he, and so you're not kind of, he's not in your face constantly for the whole movie. He just yeah, comes on, does a bit of silliness, and then he's off screen for a bit. So, um, yeah, old school, still still a very kind of funny movie. Made me made me laugh several times, so I enjoyed revisiting that one so uh yeah two two pretty good movies there for the week god i haven't watched old school in so long it's uh it's good and snoop dogg's in it snoop dogg's <laughs> in everything 
<laughs> 20 years later, he's on Just Eat adverts and AEW. Yeah. Who would have thought? And go Big Show. Yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> Will. Is that the same as the Big Show show? Or is that a different song? Is it a prequel, I think? Ah, okay. The Big Show show and then the Go Big Show. Uh, Got it. Radio. Is that all our movies? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Alrighty, we'll uh, jump in to the games here. Be kind of quick on the games. A lot of stuff I uh, talked about already. Played more Destruction All Stars. That that's kind of become a solid podcast game for me. Um, you know, solid little Destruction ger- Derby, brainless, jump in, uh, stick on a podcast, and, and enjoy it. It's, it's solid. It's a it's a, it's a quintessential PS Plus game. Uh, this past weekend, uh, I checked two big ones off the list. Finished uh, Hitman Three. Um, I uh, did a complete run through of just the last uh, three missions. Obviously, I'm not done with it per se. You want to go back and experiment and play around and and do all that other stuff. But I am uh, uh, very, very, very happy with uh, that package, as it were, on my on my first glance after my first playthrough. And having done a couple of additional playthroughs of the first couple of maps, uh, Paul, where are you at with Hitman Three? Uh, I got platinum on Hitman Three on Mon- oh, Tuesday, of, Tuesday of last week. Oh Jesus, platinum! That's a lo- that's a lot because that's mastery on every level, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's impressive. That is, um, that is a lot. Uh, so I, I'm not nowhere, nowhere near that. I've basically just done the one run through of. of of the last three levels, I will say that the China level, great. I mean, as as great as any of the other like top tier maps in all three games. Just like two massive separate locations that are vast and different and 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 really cool. Um, uh, I will say the the uh, what's the Godfather inspired level? I can't. What's it called? Mendoza. Mendoza. Yeah. So the um, Mendoza and the 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 level set in China. Those, I think, in, in all three of these games, those are the first two levels I successfully completed uh, on a first run-through without using the mission stories. Right. Um, and in the in the case of the China level, I got a five-star rating as well. Uh, and and, I, and I, was, I was so chuffed with myself on a first playthrough to have you know, been unseen and took out both the targets just with my own means and situations I came across myself rather than doing the, you know, the scripted, get this costume, go here. Um, right. And I think that's kind of a testament to the strength of those levels. It's just like I was kind of naturally coming up with ways to get things done beyond the stories, which is really satisfying. Um, what did you make of the last level? Because it's a, a big departure structure-wise and uh, to be honest, I thought it was fine just as something different to end the, the trilogy on. I really liked it. Um, yeah, it's it's not your quintessential Hitman level, but um, yeah, it was long. It was, I, I expected it to be much shorter than it was when I started playing it. And then 20 minutes in, I'm like, fuck, I'm still X kilometers away from the target. Um, no, I, I liked it. I liked kind of the minimal nature of and the linearity of the level um not one that i would necessarily enjoy playing through multiple times so i would recommend if people haven't played that level yet make a save like a separate save to usual saves 
maybe a quarter, like, I don't know, 10 minutes in, 20 minutes in, and thir- like tur- turn the clock on your hood, if, if you don't play with it already. Um, 10 minutes in, 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in, 40 minutes in. Just think so that if, if you're interested in doing the mastery and the challenges, that yeah. you don't need to do the whole level every time because it's long. Right. Um, no, I, 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 having now moved on from Hitman, done with it, literally probably did 90% of all the challenges in the game because the game is a bit stingier with the old uh, XP and the old mastery this time around. So Barry, when I, when you say you got like five stars on, on your playthrough, um, you'll be doing that on every level if you're looking for the platinum. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, because it's kind of like I... I... Because in Hitman 1 and 2, I don't think I ever got that little... Even going through the, the mission stories, I never got that. So I was really chuffed right. myself. And then it's just like, yeah, you get like three-level mastery and like two levels of XP. And it's like, oh, that's exactly that's very disappointing. But yeah, you know, look, I think they they, they want to push people hard to replay. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's funny because I, I played a lot of it, obviously. But it still felt very like fleeting and very quick compared to... My playthroughs of Hitman 1 and 2, I probably realistically played, like Hitman 3, I probably played for 50 hours without realizing that's how much time I was putting into it. But Hitman 1 and 2 just felt longer in a way. I can't quite put my finger on why that would be. Hitman 2 obviously had more levels. Hitman 1, I didn't play through in one go. I played it almost episodically. So maybe that's why it felt longer. Um... But yeah, sad, sad to uh, sad to have finished it. Almost. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I did want to savor it a bit longer, but also I didn't want to be spoiled on any of the stuff that happens in the back end of that game. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's Hitman. So yeah, Paul, Paul's platinum. It. I, I, I don't know if I'll platinum it, but I'm certainly going to sink a lot more time into it. Um, it's not, it's not that difficult to platinum. Yeah, to yeah. Um, um, by the time you've played each level the sixth seventh time through you know where there is a screwdriver right. there is a crowbar so like looking at the challenges figuring them out i don't think there were too many challenges i got stumped on there was one in mendoza that i, I spent a full hour of my whatever 50 hours just trying to figure out how to do a challenge like looking at all the different options going okay how do i how do i do this <laughs> and then i figured it out eventually but Apart from that, I don't think there were too many challenges that I was really stumped by. I think they were. It's fa- it's a fairly a really fun but fairly straightforward challenge list. I think. Hmm. Um. Well, anyway, I, I I don't know about Hitman. I mean, I don't know if I need you know uh, two platinums two weeks in a row because I got the old control platinum this past weekend. <laughs> oh, I can only beat so many games at a time. Uh, I did finish the main story campaign of control on the old PS5. Um, yeah, I realized about like halfway through the game, uh, I had already beaten it on PS4, but I realized about halfway through that I was really, I was combing that game for everything. I was every collectible because I knew it, it, it all, it's all worth doing, you know, coming to the game the second time. Like, okay, all the side missions are basically all great. Uh, uh, for, and from an upgrade point of view, it's really advisable to, to upgrade yourself as best you can early on. And all the collectibles are funny and worth seeing. And so I was doing all of that. And then I was clocking up these trophies and I was like, oh my God. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. And so I did it. Uh, one or two are a little bit grindy, but it's but most of them you can get just by a, a thorough playthrough of the game. So yeah, excellent, excellent way to play an excellent video game. 
Um, I haven't done the two DLC packs that are included in the the Ultimate Edition. I will get to those um, uh, at some stage because I will be happy to play more. One of them is a, a crossover with Alan Wake, which I never actually played. Um, uh, that's on Game Pass, though, so I, I think I might play that and then go back to control and do the crossover because it won't because it it'll just be a bunch of fan service that I won't get if I play the 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 crossover thing with a reference to the thing I never right. played, you know. So I'll, uh, I I might give Alan Wake a go on the old Xbox uh, at some point. So yeah, Control excellent uh, and the PS5 version excellent. The only new thing I played this week is another Game Pass game funnily enough it's called Project Winter, which if I was to give it a quick elevator pitch, it's kind of like what if among us had more game in it um is is probably the the, the basic way have either of you played among us by the way i don't think i've heard either of you mention it in the no no yeah. i haven't i i i think i i i'm glad it's people played a lot of it and had a lot of fun with it and it, it was a great pandemic game but i don't i don't think it's that i don't think it's that fun um it's it's kind of mafia esque, not the video game mafia, but the, the the is it the online game? Yeah, it is say. literally. Their, I think their big achievement is being first past the post in making a good video game version of of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but there's but I, I got like I played it for a couple of weekends with my friends. It was great. It was a great way to have a laugh during lockdown. But but by week like four or five i was like oh, can we play something else because the actual the part of this where it's a video game is actually not that good um whereas project winter is is um uh much more developed still still fairly accessible although i don't think you'll be playing it uh, it's not the type of thing you can ask your 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 kind of friends who don't play games to download which is why you you can do that with among us it's very accessible basically project winter it's an eight player multiplayer game you're all a bunch of woodsmen who are stranded on this snowy mountaintop. And you have to do a couple of objectives, you know, fix a, a power generator, uh, fix a helipad, and then call on the radio for extraction to get you off this mountain. But two players, unbeknownst to you, are traitors. And so their goal is to sabotage the objectives or kill you. And uh, it's it's uh, it's really, really, really inter- intriguing um uh, and one of the things that i liked about among us that this kind of double or triples down on is it kind of has vibes of like a playable the thing experience where you're you're looking over your shoulder um uh, and wondering who can you trust and um one thing i really enjoyed was uh when you if you're a traitor in this game you can kill other players but you can steal their clothes and when you steal their clothes it also puts that person's gamer tag above your head. So someone killed me and stole my outfit, but when they did that, it put it put the Barry lad above their head when they were running around the map. Mm. So so they are uh, pretending to be you, uh, and it uses a, a really cool proximity chat feature. So it's not like your typical multiplayer game where everyone's talking to everyone on the headset at once. If you and I are in the cabin, let's say, which is the starting point, we can chat to each other. But uh, if I'm out and about in the wilderness, no one can hear me unless someone is physically close to my character, if that makes sense. So I was playing a game the other night where me and my buddies were playing a game with with strangers and I died early on. I was killed by a a traitor. And so you can spectate. And so you can be a ghost and you can just go around and you can't you can't communicate with any of the living players because you're you're effectively out of the game at that stage. But I I was hanging out in the cabin, which is the sort of central hub where uh, players come back to craft things and build objectives and things like that. 
and like and these two dudes were having a conversation about someone masquerading as my corpse and they were like uh, uh that the the because uh you 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 create a character at the main menu and they can be skinny or fat or tall or small and so they're like uh, um i think uh, the the barry lad is is the traitor because um i could have sworn at the start of the game he was like a skinny brunette character model and now he's like a slightly taller redhead and i i can't remember if he if that's what he actually looked like or not and then these two characters including the person who was wearing my clothes came into the cabin and because it's a proximity chat and you can hear what the other people are saying um the two dudes who were talking were like um uh just uh, just remember those uh, two names i just said to you that they couldn't repeat because the person was now standing in the room with them and they didn't want to be offed it was just like it was like real life it was like having an actual uh uh like larping experience um it's really really great and 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 um uh, it's something i can't wait to jump back into um and that's on the old game pass so yeah if anyone has that and is interested in that kind of mafia style deception game i would strongly recommend uh, project winter um yeah that's uh that's the video games for me this week uh paul what have you what what else have you been up yeah. to aside from hitmaning well i finished hitman as i said like what we did podcast monday last week so i finished on the tuesday the next day uh finished link to the past on the switch uh zelda link to the past finished that 100 percent of the switch rewind makes things easy play super nintendo games they're great there's never been a better time or a better system to use to play super nintendo games if you've never dipped your toe in before because all the best ones are on there to be honest <laughs> we, we, we have one or two exceptions if you go to a like best super nintendo games list they're most around there um be linked to the past 10 hours or so um it's brilliant amazing also if i said about it last time it's it's, it's great uh then i played the sequel the much belated sequel came out 22 years later i want to say uh legend of zelda link between worlds on the 3ds 100 percent of that being in about 10 hours um also really enjoy it very different game uh wish they'd kept the visual style from the first one like I said last week, I love that visual style. I wish they'd done more with it. Link to the Link Between Worlds has a bit more. It's still top down, but a bit more of a three D modern look to it, which I don't like as much. Finished that. Started Zelda: Phantom Hourglass on the DS, which I'm playing on the three DS. Um, which I don't particularly like. It's okay. I'm no. like I, I don't know. I'm two hours into it, it uses the touch screen to like control and to move and use your sword which is really kind of cumbersome and feels like a feels like a glorified ds tech demo where everything is like use the stylus for everything blow into the microphone it's like okay well, let, let me just let me play the game like there's some uh use of the touchscreen which is really cool like if you find a secret on your map you can mark it and come back to it later when you have the bombs or whatever you know so the, the, there's certain use of the stylus which is very very cool but the fact that it's involved in everything it's kind of like when the wii was popular and all the games were like waggle the wii mode for everything and you know sometimes it's just let me just hold the controller and play the game for christ's sake and stop trying to revolutionize the way we play games yeah at, at every turn like let, let me just play this game 
Um, aside from that, the game itself is a bit is a bit bland and has has a, a bit too much backtracking. But um, the lovely set of collection or collector's edition guides, uh, which Natty got for me for Christmas, I am using my Phantom Hourglass guide uh, to play it. So it's giving me uh, an excuse to 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 revisit this game, which I don't particularly like having beaten it before. Um, and of course, playing it as I'm playing all the Zelda games again. Um, but yeah, it's certainly it'll certainly be low on the list, let's say, Phantom Hourglass. And having finished Hitman, I've started a game in a series that I think I just said last week that I'm not hot on. But I picked it up on, on sale because it got really good reviews. Picked it up on sale. And I've started playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, the one that came out last year. Hmm. Um, my only experience ever with Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy 3 on the DS. And I played that for like maybe 15 minutes. And I was like, I don't like this at all. I don't like random battles. I don't like its um, turn-based battle system, which I do like in Paper Mario, but the way it's implemented in Final Fantasy is is too too mechanical and too functional, whereas in Paper Mario, it's, it's fun. You have action commands, which give a bit more um involvement than just selecting your attacks or whatever um so i said look everyone was raving about this game like with films i don't want to have too many like glaring blind spots which i have already with video games i've never played gears of war game um i've never played you know can't even think off the top of my head there's, there's so many like of the great video games i never played so i said okay let me try this this modern Final Fantasy game remake of, of of what people refer to as like the best one. So let me give it a go. I'm like six hours in. Um, I am enjoying it, I must say. Um, but there's a lot of quality of life improvements that I think have worked in my favor in terms of enjoying it. So at the very start of the game, you get the option like, do you want to play classic turn-based? Do you want to play... Um, with like real time action. Um, and so I was able to choose not to play with turn-based options. Now the game, even in that mode does have a kind of half turn-based in, in, in much the same way. If you've played fallout, do you know the way the VATS system works in fallout? Um, when you're playing in real time, you're shooting da da da, but then you can slow down time and select certain body parts, certain, people to attack mm. final fantasy 7 is a very similar a similar thing to that so it does kind of work the story itself is is pretty cool even if the characters are <laughs> a little bit uh how to describe them anime they're very anime in their look but also the way that they speak and behave <laughs> yeah yeah i i played a bit of this last year and i was just like back for me not for me, this. That's, that's that's fair. Like I, I've been absolutely of that mindset for probably a good decade since I played Final Fantasy three. Um, but I don't know. I just think I, I, I really like how it looks. I really like one thing they do, which works really well, is you know the way you're playing a level, whether it be of um, Uncharted or um mario odyssey or any game where the level is of in a defined space right not an open world game 
what they do is they have outside of the boundary of the level, they use the background of the world to make the world feel very big. Um, so instead of just having like, you know, you have the level and houses and then when you look over the houses, you just see like the sky. Instead, they use that space to create like really tall mechanical factory uh, monoliths and, and it just makes the world feel very, very big. Even if when you become aware of the fact that that's just like a background texture, it does kind of break the immersion for a second, but it's very easy to lose yourself in it again. Um, yeah, I, I think the combat's fairly satisfying. The story is pretty good. The characters are a little bit grating, as as we've mentioned. But I think this is this is the one that is accessible enough that I've been able to play it and enjoy it. Yeah. So I will play it to, to completion. I think it's it's about thirty hours, thirty five hours long. So mm. I'm a sixth of the way through. Let's say I'm on chapter five of eighteen. Um. And it's tough. They give you a, a pretty tough boss battle within the first like thirty minutes of the game. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I don't mind a tough game. I only wish there was a rewind button that I could press. Um, but no, it's it, it's I'm I'm quite enjoying. It. I'm quite enjoying, it. even if it's not the kind of game that I would usually play. But I kind of I'm kind of happy about that in a sense. Well, yeah, it's nice to have something different, isn't it? Yeah, and I I tentative, tentatively have. Death Stranding next. Ooh, interesting. I'll be interested to hear what you think. Yeah. So I should have Final Fantasy done in oh, two weeks, maybe? Hmm. We'll, we'll see. Um, interesting. So I think that's a, a hefty uh, game goth week. Yeah, I'm, yeah well, I'm trying to think what I will play next. Uh, well, I'm still going to chip away at Hitman. I'm going to chip away at Hitman and... Uh, I'll probably actually I'll probably I'll probably do Alan Wake soon since it's it's, it's on Game Pass and it's right. a, a cult classic that I've overlooked for years. Anyway, we'll jump into the old emails here before we um jump into the wrestling. Uh, let me pull up my email here. I believe I have an email from Scott the Boy McAvoy. Um, there we go. There it is. There it is. Uh, oh, he's following up here on our um. Our versus conversation from last week. He says, last week you and the lads touched on movies with the word versus in them and how they are all bad, other than Kramer versus Kramer. Maybe Joe versus the Volcano would qualify as good. I don't think I've I've never even heard of that. Uh, Then there is Mega... Uh, I've never seen it. I've heard of it. Uh, Then there is uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus with Debbie Gibson in it, (laughs) which is worse than any Godzilla versus Mega Gears Space Godzilla uh, Destroyer movie is. There's also Ballistics X versus Sever, which was so bad a movie that the video game tie-in actually came out a year before the movie did. Scott has seen him some, uh, he's seen him some B-movies, it seems. That's, that's yeah, interesting. That, that, that was notoriously bad. Mm. I think that was like the worst ranked movie on IMDb for a while, X versus Sever. Hmm. Uh, let me see here. The versus title discussion has me thinking, are there any words in a title that make you cringe and think that the movie is going to be bad right away? For me, the words DC Universe seem to be a kiss of death. <laughs> uh, hmm. He has pick one that we'll do in a second. Words. Hmm. This applies to video baby. games. Baby. Baby, is, baby is bad. But for, this applies to video games as well. Uh, Origins. I'm over Origins. Um, okay. Any, like anything anything about something starting. Um, uh, let me see. I got one. 
Tyler Perry's. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, blank movie. Anything that's called something movie is is bad. Right. Um. Uh, Godzilla versus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think versus is our is our given. Um. um let me see. Uh, I'm trying to think if I ever enjoyed a movie that starts The Adventures of. Oh, I don't know. That's a good one. Um, what was that? What was that Tintin movie called? Uh, the 2013. The Adventures of Tintin, I believe, was was actually. Oh, 2011. That was that was really good. I really enjoyed that. Movie. Yeah. For some reason, I never saw it. I, I never really liked Tintin. Ah, uh, I love Tintin. I love a bit of Tintin. Uh, come along, um, Snowy. Time to fight the crack dealers. Oh, well, that's the thing with Tintin. Tintin is the worst. Was he a journalist or something? <laughs> there's one bit like I have the um, the cartoon series on Blu-ray, and there's one episode where he walks in to like the um, the the bad guy's lair, right under the auspices of it being something else, and he walks past a man with like an eye patch, a scar on his face, and an assault rifle, and he goes. Something's not right, Snowy. I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, The Adventures of is a good one. Um, yeah, thanks as always, Scott. That's a that's a, a some interesting follow ups there. Thank you for your sharing your um your terrible movie knowledge. Um, uh, he's got to pick one here, Big Man Edition. Mm-hmm. All right, so pick one: Kevin Nash, Vader. Or Sid Vicious. Have a wonderful week, Scott. Have a wonderful week to you, Scott, as well. I mean, I think the obvious answer there is is um, Vader, but like for cool factor, I kind of want to pick Nash. Uh, almost entirely for that time. He was feuding with Shawn Michaels, and he goes, and what do I get? The tag team titles. What a pittance. What a pittance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever enjoyed a Kevin Nash match. Yeah, that's the thing. I can't even ironically pretend I've enjoyed a match of his. That's a good match. Have I? With Brett. With Brett in the 94, 95. The, the Sean, no DQ one. Yeah. <laughs> you had good matches with Brett and Sean. That's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he pulled his weight in those ones. What was that um... quote you, you posted, Barry, about? <laughs> Doing a power bomb, yeah, for another team. Right? Oh yeah, the young box told the story <laughs> that like some indie promoter was uh, someone didn't show up or the show was running short, and so Nash was there to be a fucking GM or something, and and they, the promoter goes up to him and says, "Will you please go out and just like jackknife this local guy?" And he goes, "Yeah, for another ten k," and they give it to him. <laughs> yeah baby oh <laughs> wonderful yeah I'll pick okay. Nash, I, I, pick Nash <laughs> well, um, I mean Vader's obviously the best of those three but Sid is my boy um, so I might go Sid oh we're all such fickle bitches we really are um, anyway thank you Scott for your email boys you've got any emails there uh, I have an email from Scott He says, uh, good evening, Joe. Last week, all three of you discussed getting your hair cut during the pandemic. And it made me think it's been almost two years since I had a haircut. Jesus. Initially, it was because I simply didn't have time back when I was working seven days a week and 80 plus hours. Now, 
It's because my girlfriend has always liked my hair longer. Oh, baby. This might be the longest I've ever had my hair. Big sexy. <laughs> you could probably get a run in, in WWE. Got right <laughs> um, my question for the three of you is, do you change your grooming style to keep your girlfriend slash wife happy? If any of them asked you to grow out your hair or shave your beard or grow a beard, would you have a problem with it? Personally, I'm willing to change my facial hair or length of hair for the woman I'm with. I figure since she has to look at me, I might as well make it as pleasant as possible. <laughs> um, I do. I sometimes I'll like grow a beard, uh, and Michelle will be like, "That's disgusting. Please shave your beard." <laughs> um, but I for another it. ten grand. <laughs> But I'm aware it, it's just, like I'll grow like a goatee or a moustache or something stupid. <laughs> right. And I'm not doing it because I think it looks good. I'm just fucking around, you know. So, I thought the moustache yeah. wasn't terrible when you had the, when you had the stash. Okay, like. oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for that one, Barry. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, so I don't, I, we pretty much agree on what makes me look good. So that's not, not much of an argument. I bet you two, any... Any complaints? Uh, well, there's not much that makes me look good, to be fair. But yeah, I'm absolutely forbidden from number one having a mustache only. That that look is not loud. Um, she doesn't like me without the beard, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I guess because she's only known me for most of the whatever seven years we're together for having a beard, and I did shave it. I shaved it completely off one time. And she didn't like how it looked, but also not that it grows back and has that, um, that's uh, sandpaper feel to it. Mm. She, don't, she, don't, she didn't like that, so she prefers that I just have the uh, the beard. She does like when my hair's a bit shorter. When I let it grow out, it goes a bit mad because my hair, God, I I brush it as much as I can, but sometimes it just do be sticking up sometimes. But um. Yeah, I I will like yourself. Whatever she decides is what goes, basically. <laughs> um, Scott also throws in a pick one travel mm-hmm. edition. Uh, you can travel all expenses paid to one of <sighs> places, mm. and the other two will cease to exist. Oh no! <laughs> Gonna wipe two places off the map. Uh, which do you visit? The Great Wall of China. Mm. The Taj Mahal or the Great Pyramid of Giza. Mm. I mean, they're all old, big building things. Uh, mm. I don't really know what the Taj Mahal is. Is it a hall? Is it? A... It, it's 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 like a tomb. Isn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah, sort of an ancient a mausoleum. A mausoleum. Sorry, that is the word. Yeah. I mean, that does look great, Taj Mahal. Yeah, I think the Taj Mahal is, is, in my mind, the best of the three things. The Great Wall of China is just a long wall. <laughs> All right, Carol Pilkington, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but I mean, the Taj Mahal is obviously very intricately <laughs> yeah, yeah, intricately made. Yeah. The Great Wall of China, is, is, is it's, it's very long. I'll give them that. <laughs> it's a big guy. Um and then I think mean, the pyramid again is a very impressive feat of whatever you want to call it uh, engineering architecture. Yeah, but it's, 
just a big triangle, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, yeah, well, that's not really a tr- like, like, like. What I mean is, Dermot. if push came to shove, right, and <laughs> the, the the two of these that were wiped off the face of the planet had to be rebuilt, I reckon they'd have an easier job doing the pyramid and the Great Wall than well now, yeah. Yeah, so they've got well, they've got forklifts and things and cranes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I'm only visiting it now. I'm not looking at the builder going, "Wow, that's impressive." Hmm. Oh, Scott, I don't think we should be allowed to visit any of these. Let's just wipe them all <laughs> off the map. Also, Great Wall of China is very far away. Yeah, um, but he said all expenses paid. So you're going on a lovely plane. Um, oh, hang on, what? Sorry, it's the pyramid down the road, is it? <laughs> Egypt's probably not that far, is it, compared to China? They're all long China's... lights. How far is yeah, India? Was... Come on. Ah, India's about well, half the distance of China. Somewhere. Whoa, what? Are you, what? Are you joking? <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm no geographist, but that's not right. <laughs> it China's is, the other side of Russia. It is it? south of China. Oh, well, I won't go there. Oh, then God even. almighty. Any, I... what is it, the pyramid, then. <laughs> See, I would actually... See, I would like the the after this shitty year, I I would actually like to visit somewhere that's ages away so that I can really okay. milk the plane experience. Do you know what I mean? And, and I explain that. You, not- <laughs> you wouldn't even get out. You just look down at the pyramid and go, okay, let's go back. Like, you know, like, and I'm not talking about a shitty Ryanair. Flight. I'm talking about, you know, a transatlantic on a nice plane with a, you know, uh, where you can put your feet up and sleep and enjoy the experience and then also go somewhere nice at the end. So I'd actually right. like to, I, I miss the traveling surprisingly. Um, oh, hang on. I've got, I've got a thought on this, right? What about you go visit the place, right? But what do you do after then? Like you go to Great Wall of China, you walk it. What's what's next? Pop down to Shanghai. Pop down to Beijing. Really nice uh, modern cities. Yeah. What else are you doing in Egypt or India, mate? Not a lot. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, thank you, Natty, in the background for. <laughs> she went what? Slapping him down with his ridiculous. Shanghai is like. Neo Tokyo, not Tokyo. Sorry, yeah, yeah, because because it doesn't have um, a ten-story Funko Pop shop. Egypt doesn't have anything worth visiting. <laughs> well, you can look. You can look at where they did Indiana Jones, I suppose, where the monkey turns back on them. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it says in all their tourist uh, brochures. <laughs> you can see our one pyramid, and then where the one film was made. <laughs> and the Nile, of course, is there. Uh, yeah, you can walk there. So it's like, oh, well, why bother, mate? I live in Limerick. I've seen the Shannon. <laughs> Just good. Anyway. Anyway, what would you pick? I, I, I pick I, Taj Mahal. I, I'll go China. I'll go Taj Mahal as well. Okay, Taj Mahal wins. Scott, <laughs> 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 sorry to Egypt and uh, China. China. <laughs> Great walls down. Um, Scott just had a quick follow-up questions. Uh, since you do the least amount of video game playing of the three, and since you just got done playing all the Mario games on the Switch, I'm interested in hearing which game from your history uh, with Nintendo would you like to see the company remake or revise? Uh, that is an interesting Ooh. question, because I've mainly played Mario. Mm. Yeah. In terms of other Nintendo games, I'm trying to think what else I enjoyed. Uh... No, that's it. Just Mario. <laughs> just redo all the Mario games. But did, what other games did you have back in the day when you're Street Fighter, at your game GameCube or whatever? Street Fighter, Street Fighter. Two. I mean, they've 
They've done that. They've yeah. already got lots of Street Fighters, though, haven't they? Um, what else did I play? What was... I can't, I, I'm completely blanking on SNES games now. What else was there? Someone name a SNES game. Uh, Metroid. Um, yeah, I played that. Uh, I, ne- I never played. I, like, I never played Final Fantasy. I never played Zelda. Never played Super Metroid. Never played Star Fox. <laughs> Just well, you can use your use your Switch. Get the online gimmick and play Metroid for the first time. I've all, I've also I don't like Metroid, but you might like it. Ah, oh, Metroid's brilliant. Uh, oh. It's the Donkey Kong conversation all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was definitely proved right when we did that. Anyway. Yeah. What else got a Super Nintendo? Aladdin. Um, Aladdin. Remake Aladdin. Aladdin. There you go. Batman Returns. I didn't play that. Sounds interesting. Uh, Super Star Wars. Uh, what? Is, uh, uh, Mario Kart. Mm, well, they do. Yeah, I think they do update that ball. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> they have made new ones since. <laughs> I would like to play Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, N64. That was a, yeah, N64. Uh, yeah, I played. That's the only Star Wars game I've ever played, actually. That was a lot of fun. I never finished it because I just it was too fucking complicated. Running. You never played Rogue Leader on GameCube, no? Nah. The, the the best Star Wars game ever made. Nah. Has it got Luke Skywalker in it? No, you're driving an X-wing. Ah, uh, Skywalker. <laughs> you're not. He's not in Shadows of the Empire. Is, is he? Is he? Ah, uh, just probably uh, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I don't think he is. Remake it and put him in it. They'll okay. that. But anyway, thanks, thanks for your email, Scott. That's all the emails. I forgot okay. to, to mention about the... Go on. No, that's it. So go on. Barry. Oh, me. Okay. Um, just the, the Scott reminded me with his Nintendo question. Paul, did you did you get Mario 3? I suppose you've already played Mario 3D World, haven't you, on the Wii U? I, I only played a little bit of it, and I haven't got it, but that might be one that I wait for it to go on sale. Oh, not for not in the e store because God knows nothing goes on sale there ever, but maybe from like Smiths or something in a few months' time, I could probably get it a bit cheaper. Yeah, uh, I never, I never played it because I'm normal and didn't have a Wii U. Um, yeah, I was one of the three people in the world who had one. Yeah, in Ireland, yeah, that might actually be three. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I had a voucher from Christmas from from work that I had not yet spent, and I was like, like I was like, I don't feel like forking out full price for a new Nintendo game that is technically a remaster. Uh, but I used that voucher on it. I was like, it'll be fun because I, you know, uh, like my girlfriend just got a Switch. She likes her Mario Odyssey, and I was like, this will be a thing we can we can play together. Um, yeah, and multiplayer, I, and I can play that Bowser's Fury thing on my own. Um, right, because that seems that seems cool. It seems very different. Um, yeah. Um, is that all our emails or? I have one as well. It's from uh, Big Sexy Scott McAvoy. <laughs> uh, Scrubs show question. Mm. Good evening, Paul. Uh, I have a question about the show Scrubs since I've never seen it. Uh, which character on the show do you think would have been most likely to buy GameStop stock? <laughs> you cheeky bastard, Scott, during the whole debacle. Um, uh, do you- hmm. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, JD. Uh, yeah, possibly JD. Yeah, he's he's impulsive and a nerd. Or maybe Todd. Yeah, and Todd. <laughs> no. The Todd. No, 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 no,
Too dumb. Not enough sex. Not enough sex. Um, t- Ted would have invested in the companies that were like shorting it. Um, <laughs> and so, and and then he would have, he would have, he would have been bankrupt. <laughs> he would have been six weeks late to that uh, to that deal. Uh, and th- he goes on. You, you've already jumped the gun here. He says, "Do you any, do you think any of the characters would have been on the side of the short sellers, or would they all have been trying to just make a fast book?" Uh, yeah, Tade. Tade would have been on the side of the, the, the one of the short sellers that went tits up afterwards. Yeah. And Kelso. And Kelso would have, but Kelso would have been uh, somehow would have come out of it with money. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then we have a pick one, hmm. which is a a bit of a toughie, I must say. Because I think we're fans of all three people involved here. Uh, Tom Hardy, mm. right? E off Mad Max mm. and uh, Locke and uh, Bane and that, right? Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible 4, 5, 6. And also 1, 2, and 3, but not as good. Um... And Tom Hanks. Mm. Wow. Well, Joe, you are the most educated on on Hanksy. Yeah, Hanks has got a hell of a, a hell of a repertoire. You know, comedies, eighties comedies, prestige nineties movies, Toy Story, and then lots of random stuff <laughs> in the two thousands. Castaway. Castaway. Catch me if you can. The Post. Uh, the Post. Bridge of Spies. Uh, the, uh, a lot of Oscar nominated stuff, like, to be fair. Da Vinci Code. Uh, <laughs> Inferno. Angels and Demons, where Ewan McGregor's the Pope. <laughs> uh, and then most recently he was in. The Mr. Rogers one was the name of it. Uh, Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, yeah, the neighborhood, um, which is good. I ugh, I do like Cruise Cruise is good. I mean, I don't like the Mission Impossible, but uh, everything kind of before that is pretty good. His nineties stuff is really good. Yeah, eighties is. Cruise is a weird one in that I almost like him as he ages more and more in in an almost cringy way. Like I love the latter Mission Impossible's. I love yeah. Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout because it's very God. What is it like? It's like how Christopher Nolan's movies sometimes are like God. Aren't I so clever? Look at this. Oh, the building's going backwards, but also forward. Oh, <laughs> lads. Oh. Tom Cruise got a bit of that where I think we've discussed before how how much he runs in those movies just to be like, aren't I a young spry lad who's not at all 50 or <laughs> Yeah, he's like The Undertaker. <laughs> um, God, those, those, those Mission Possible movies, specifically that trilogy, are so good. Um, but do I like much of what he's done outside of that? As, as Joe's mentioned, the early stuff is almost, it's almost a different person in an Al Pacino level where I, I, I look at modern day Tom Cruise and I look at 
whatever risky business tom cruise and i'm like it's it's like night it's like two different people um jerry Maguire, obviously he was in gold member mm. he was in tropic thunder did some good comedies as well did cruisy uh and then he was in some kind of was he in one of the Jack Ryan movies or Jack Reacher or one of those nondescript? He's a Jack Reacher, yeah. Okay, I can't really tell the difference between those two. Jack, those two Jack, Ryan, Jack Ryan was Tim Office, wasn't it? Martin Freeman. No, not him! The American one! Oh. <laughs> yeah, Martin Freeman as an action fucking Don. Oh, by the way, let me just, uh, uh, on a complete aside here, we were watching Drag Race in the week, and there was a full-on Tim from the office uh, exasperated look into the camera during someone's rambling on giving out about something or other. I was like, oh my god, it was a Tim from the office look. They did exactly like Tim from the office. It was great. Um, The UK one, not the American one, who was in Jack Reacher. <laughs> Which one was he? <laughs> um... And then what about Tom Hardy? Uh, Venom. God, yeah, uh, Mad Max. Yeah. Play cake. Uh, legend. Inception. Mm. He's, he's got a few good ones. I'm going to go for Hanks. Uh, Hanks. I do like all three. It's a tricky one, but I'll have to go for Hanks. Yeah, Hanks, I mean... Aside from even the movie quality, Hanks is like the... Hanks is almost a Mount Rushmore of modern cinema at this point. He could he could be all four on a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he'd be up there for me. Um, just in terms of pure longevity, quality of movie, quality of performance. I think he's very, very consistent. Hardy, I like a lot, but... God, I don't know if it's if it's blasphemous to say is in the movies that in in the best movies he's in, he's often not the best in them. If that makes any sense, like when I think of Mad Max, Mad Max is is an excellent movie, but it's a very special effects driven visual movie. It's not about the performances, really. At least in Tom Hardy's case. Same for Inception. Same for Dark Knight Rises. Even though that movie's a bit. I wouldn't consider that movie the same tier as those other movies. Locke, he's very good in, but he's again, he's doing a wacky Welsh accent in it. Uh, Lair Cake, as Joe said, very good movie. But then whenever I think Lair Cake, I think like Daniel Craig. Um, what else Tom Hardy been in? He was in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I'll be briefly. That's a very good movie. Star Trek Nemesis, which I've never seen. Uh, he was in The Drop, a completely forgettable movie. Aside from, it was like one of James Gandolfini's last movies. The Revenant, which I didn't like at all. Dunkirk, he had a very small ro- uh, role in that. Mm. That was good. Peaky Blinders, I've never watched. Taboo, I've never watched. Yeah, I think I'll go Hanks. i got to go Hanks. Based on all that. Are we in a grill? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's all the emails. Shall we talk about wrestling? Bit of, bit briefly. Of wrestling. Bit of dynamite. 
Dynamite, uh, a mixed bag this week, which not not to say all bad, but like certain stuff I wasn't hot on, and then the main event I thought was great. Yeah, I would agree. I think a couple of standout moments. So the uh, Sammy Guevara finally leaving. <clears throat> yes. The uh, inner circle. He's in the outer circle now. The, um, mm. And it was... Um, they've been building to it very slowly. I don't think it's, this isn't the fight. There's going to be more. There's more to come. Of course. I think, yeah, yeah we're going to finally see MJF kind of start to really take things over now. But I thought Rated it was interesting. And then Sammy <laughs> pausing before he got to the tunnels and going... Ah, the face tunnel. That's where I'm going, brother. Yeah, that was great. Uh, uh, it, was, it was very meta, but very, very satisfying. Yeah, silly, but was, yeah, it was good. And so that's kind of interesting. And yeah, the main event was uh, a little bit of bloody brilliant, I thought. Kind of reminded me of yeah. a WWE pay-per-view kind of street fight, full scout anywhere type match uh, back from when they would do those well. <laughs> so okay. probably like eight years ago. I want to okay. say, I want to say, sure. yeah, like a, I think Barry said, like a shield match from kind of 2012, 2013 versus right, you know, yeah. whoever. Um, so yeah, I thought it was Kane and Ryback. Kane and, and uh, Ryback versus the shield. Yeah. Same uh, it was that good. <laughs> it was. It was great. It was really fun. Other than that, I thought uh, Lee Johnson's debut was kind of interesting. Um, I, I, I didn't enjoy the match a lot. No. And I think the, the losing streak ending would have felt more important if if some of those matches were on Dynamite <laughs> instead of If, we, if we'd ever heard of him before. He might have been on once or twice, but I mean, I know I've, not recently. I'm aware of him, but he hasn't been a character yeah. on the show. It's funny because cool. they they tweet every now and then. This person has joined the Nightmare Family, and it's like I I don't, I don't know. know who that is. I don't know, who, I don't know what that is. Who that he's is. been the the entourage, yeah, but he hasn't been having matches, yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, that match was a bit a bit. Although Johnson himself looked fine, he did he did like a a corkscrew Fosbury flop at one point. That was pretty cool. Um. What else was on the show? Darby Allen, Joey Janela had a. A, a match that was decent was better than I expected it to be. Yeah, uh, I'm not a huge Joey Janela guy, but that match was pretty good. Yeah. The U- the New Japan US title was all over this show as well. Which mm. I don't expect. Uh, what else? Pack against uh, Ryan Nemeth. Ryan Nemeth is not good. No, I think th- that I mentioned the other week that he, he liked the all time worst sell of the Bookshot Lariat in his match with um with Hangman. Yeah, with Hangman. Uh, yeah, he, he's certainly not his brother. Um, Jericho and MGF defeated the acclaimed. I like, I love the acclaimed. <laughs> I'm, I'm on, I'm on the acclaimed bandwagon. Yeah, they're growing on me more and more. Um, did, did you see the parody video they did of the dinner debonair? No. no I, oh, that's funny. It was on dark, and it's on YouTube. So check it out. It's, okay, it's quite it. funny. One, one thought about the the Sammy Guevara thing that just occurred to me in midweek is I wonder, I don't wonder this is, this is bordering on the, the side of fancy booking, but I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking one thing that would be cool. Let's put it that way is if one by one, the inner circle members start leaving and joining with Sammy Guevara. And by the end you have 
everyone on one side, and then on the other side, just MJF and Chris Jericho. Yeah. And you 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 eventually have the inner circle reformed one by one in like this new group that just eventually becomes the inner circle again. But no, I think I think obviously the way it's gonna go is MJF leading uh the inner circle versus Chris Jericho and whatever subgroup of the inner circle has joined his side in in kind of a, a four on four match or something like that. I don't know how many people are in the inner circle. Seven, something like that. Seven, eight. Um but yeah, I thought that was well done. The the where he, he took his phone and broke it on the wall. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um what else? Uh, Rosa Thunder Rosa and Layla Hirsch was real good. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. Um yeah, I, I hope they're both signed soon. I don't know what the deal is. I think Thunder Rosa is still with NWA. I, I can't remember. Mm. Um Yeah, she is. But yeah, you had your man uh, Eli Drake show up on NXT last night. Uh, two two entities I don't care about. <laughs> what was his catchphrase used to be? Um, Something about wasn't... dummy being a dummy. Don't be a dummy. That's, and that's dummy. I was going to say, say dumbass, but that's Red Foreman from the seventies show. Dumbass. <laughs> One of the all-time great sitcom characters, I must say. Yeah, great actor. He's great. He was in RoboCop. Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. Fuck, what's his name? Oh, I don't know. No, it's uh, it is Kirk, Kirk, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith is he still alive? Yeah. Wow. He's seventy. Say he's seventy-seven now. Okay. I hope he's staying indoors. Oh, God, he's he. He is so funny in that seventy show, which is you know, a fairly all right sitcom, elevated by one of the all time great a dad who's not a dumbass like most sitcoms. Yeah, are. he's like uh, Kitty. I could go and take the rubbish out, but that would mean not being here and putting a foot in our son's ass. And then the crowd pops like ninety eight. Steve Austin just came out. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And the weird thing was, uh, on Comedy Central that we get over here, they they always bleep out whenever he says ass in the show. And ass is the main component of two of his catchphrases. Yeah. Just just like just don't air it, to be honest. Just 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 bin the show if you're gonna do that. You, they also wouldn't air any of the bits where they would smoke weed. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why did you buy this show? <laughs> Oh lord! Apparently, Dynamite was very good, or Dynamite, that other one. <laughs> What's the other one called? NXT. NXT, that one. Yeah, it was very good last night. I don't know. Don't it looked like a good card on paper. Gave up, right. gave up that that life. I just don't care. Apparently, it was very good, but um, no, they screwed the pooch with NXT for me, unfortunately. Oh, I remember the days when Dynamite started, and I was like, "Oh, I'll keep watching NXT and watch Dynamite and see how see how it goes." That lasted about a week. <laughs> Bend it. Bend it, tossed it in the bin. Uh don't think there's too much else newsworthy. Um there was a lad on the New Japan show there injured his arm like 20 seconds into his debut. Okay. Uh which was very unfortunate. Naka Misha, I want to say his name was. You Yuto Shinsuke Nakarama. Was that it? Oh, remember that video? It was great, and I've never been able to find it again. 
Oh my god, let me have a Shinsuke look. Shinsuke Nakarama's coming to WWE. But he was actually it was great, it was finally happening, he had no clue who he was. I need I gotta find this video, I guess. Althea was like five years ago at this stage. That video probably doesn't exist. The kid is probably 30 now and was like, oh god, what am I doing? <laughs> but I remember, like you, Joe, Shinsuke. Uh, he, was, he was talking like he was a big Dave Meltzer of New Japan X. But he kind of, if I recall correctly, he remembered like sort of a couple of sentences in that he was getting it wrong and he's like, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can remember this video, please send it to me of this little <laughs> six year old. <laughs> no, he was like, a it probably had about 10 views and they're all us. <laughs> Oh, anyway, listen, we have to wrap up the show. <laughs> yeah, we're going too long. Go okay, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with more uh, Dynamite talk. Also, oh, tonight, the uh, Joshi part of the AEW tournaments on YouTube. Um, I will be watching that right, yeah. tomorrow. I'm actually very excited. It's a great-looking card, um, and I'm, I'm bet into that tournament. So that'd be good. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about more video games and movies and, and, and uh, all the other stuff. Um, yeah so until then it's goodbye from me Barry it's goodbye from Paul goodbye and it's goodbye from Joe bye bye everyone cheershotpodcast.com by the way (laughs) 